Meanwhile, 22 pages later, with your hosts, The Cap, Mike the Finance Guy, and Ralph the Tech. Not for nothing, but if you're looking for something creative after this long in the quarantine, <laughs> you've come to the wrong show, or at least with the intro. The rest is great. The intro, I don't know about. So welcome to yeah. another... <laughs> Damn, Mike. Mike's like... <laughs> 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 welcome to another edition of Meanwhile, 22 Pages Later, episode 154. I'm one of your hosts, The Cap. And with me, as always, is the man who could win a snap contest with his outdated dad jokes. MFG, Mike the Finance Guy. Be afraid. Be very afraid. You know what's funny? I've heard that, but I'm trying to think what that's from. I've heard it so many times. Ralph, you got it? Isn't it? Uh, Jaws? No. Isn't it Nightmare on Elm Street? Nope. It's The Fly. The Is remake it the, of the Fly? fly. Oh, the, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Oh, with, with Jeff Goldblum? Yep. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. Well done. All right. Oh, would I never guess that. And the other guy who kind of chirped right now, or we want to call him an esteemed colleague, could lull you into a false sense of security with his gentle demeanor until he rips your fucking head off like that cat from Tiger King. RT Square, we're off the tech. So the other day as I was sweeping up some dust crumbs that had somehow ended up on the floor, a thought occurred to me. Maybe R2-D2 doesn't really beep, but it's all censored because he communicates exclusively through racial slurs. <laughs> if you worked with C3PO all the time, you would. I, Two things. I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. Two things. Number one, R2D2 and C3PO in real life didn't get along, which would make that even a funnier thing if he only spoke in racial slurs. But also, that, that joke reminds me of Kenny from South Park. <laughs> Because oh, if, okay. if you ever like, I didn't realize Kenny was cursing all that time. But I mean, hey, you know. Oh what yeah, I mean? yeah. Oh, especially in the intro, they actually had to change the intro uh, years later um, because of what he was saying in the intro. Which if, you can actually hear it without doing anything special. You can hear it. It just takes you a while to calm down. You're like, oh yeah, that was really not good. <laughs> <laughs> I love them. Stone and Parker. I've watched the, them in ages. I haven't watched South Park in years. Yeah, they're like Family Guy, but better. But actually, funny. <laughs> She's still funny. Well, yeah, absolutely. If you ask them, because they had this sort of like Family Guy kind of like crossover episode. Well, I don't even call it a crossover, but they mentioned Family Guy and you had like a Peter Griffin type character show up and like try to cause problems. It was funny because in, in the end, it shows that the reason uh, the way that Family Guy gets their scripts is from like a, a dolphin in a tank or something. It was really <laughs> weird. <laughs> Wow, the fact they got pot, pot shots of them, that's dope. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, one more thing, Ralph. Dust crumbs? Is that a thing? You said in your intro, dust crumbs. Yes. That's not a thing. It's it's crumbs of dust. So, you, have, you know, you have dust, right? And right. then when it hardens, right? And then the crumbs that come off of that hardened dust, that's those are dust crumbs. <laughs> You're you welcome. smell that? You smell that? That's the fucking wood burning from you. That's what that shit is right now. <laughs> all right. Okay, so today we're all going to pile into the mystery machine as we discuss the new movie, Scoob. But first, in this quarantine, we've been without many of our favorite things. I've gone without sports. Ralph's gone without a bath. But Mike has made sure that we have gone without 
the quick news. And now, the quick news with Mike, the finance guy, and Ralph and Kai. Haven't I made sure that you have not gone without the quick news? Yeah, I just realized after I said it. God damn it, uh, keep going. This is what and I deal with people. And you're correcting me even on the air. Shush. What you got, Mike? All righty. If you're like us, you've seen some pretty unimpressive season finale cliffhangers from your favorite CW shows. <laughs> because of the pandemic affecting the world, perhaps you've heard about it, TV and movie productions have mostly ground to a halt. With three to five episodes unfilmed per show, viewers will likely have to wait until later in the year to enjoy the true endings of their shows. And the wait for their new season returns will be even longer, as CW is predicting that shows like Riverdale, Charmed, Flash, Batwoman, etc. will premiere sometime in January of 2021, along with, with debut programs like Superman and Lois. Supergirl star Melissa Benoist's pregnancy is pushing her series to a spring 2021 return, though. Wow. Possibly. Oh, Probably spring 2020, maybe. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Oh, well, congratulations to her. Props to her. Good stuff. I hope uh, um, Chris Wood is... is uh... Excited to be a dad. Really? The name's Chris Wood? That's his name? We're going with that? That's just, that's wow, the guy's okay. name. No, no, no. But I'm like, wow. Could we just say her husband? I, I, mean, he, I guess Chris Wood, Wood, Chris Wood sounds like he's always excited. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's just, that is his name. He's the guy okay, who plays cool. Monel in Supergirl. You got it, Dust Crumbs. You got it. All right. Um, <laughs> well, um, one question, Mike, before you continue with your quick news. Is any of your other quick news... Um, CW related? Uh, not really, no. Okay. No, I'll, I mean, okay. it gets mentioned, but not related, no. Okay, I'll, I'll mention it later on. Go ahead, Mike. What else you got? Well, as the Arrowverse nears its coronavirus-related early season finales, homebound nerds and nerdettes are already looking for their next super-powered fix. Luckily, Netflix heard our plaintive pleas. Get ready for more saucy psychics, gorilla men, and rumors. The Umbrella Academy Season 2 is set to yes. satisfy our thirst when it returns on July 31st. And for the quarantined hoes at home that missed Season 1, what are you waiting for? Watch it. Right? What the fuck? <laughs> Somebody told me, like, not even for that, like, something else. They were like, I'm like, oh, are you watching such and such Season 2? They're like, well, I haven't watched Season 1 yet. I'm like, because of what? <laughs> if you're interested enough to watch Season 2, there's no reason you're not watching Season 1. Pretty Anything much. at this point. I mean, and mind you, we, I mean, you've heard our review, which is in the archives. Please check it out. Um, I, I mean, I love the Umbrella Academy. I can't wait to see what they're going to do. And yeah. it, there's a part of me that wants to go back and read some of the books, but I know that's going to, you know, not, not going to ruin it because they definitely took a left turn from the books and even mm -hmm. from the way they present the characters. But just oh, yeah. still, you know, it's like, I. I kind of want to read it just to kind of get myself primed for it, but either way, I can't wait for it. I'm excited. Yeah, I still have to read the uh, the third um, full book installment. I think it's Hotel. I haven't yes. read that yet. Hotel, I own yeah. it all, but I haven't read it yet, which if, which actually after yelling people for not watching season one, there's no excuse I haven't read Hotel yet either. I've just been lazy. For How shame. You, for shame. shame. Yeah, oh, you guys haven't read it either. Shut up. I, I, right. I, I still, I, I'm like you. I own it. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. All right. And finally, blame it on Rona. Warner Brothers has no intention of frittering away profits for its summer blockbuster movies to streaming release platforms. According to reports from Deadline, if 80% of the world's theaters are not operational by the premiere date for Christopher Nolan's Tenet on July 17th, the studio will move the film to Wonder Woman's planned August 14th date. If this date change occurs, the Amazon and satin tights that fight for our rights could be pushed to a December opening date. Oh, damn. These guys are freaking idiots. Oh, they just, I mean, well, I mean, understandably, they spend 
hundreds of millions of dollars on these things, they're like, we're not making any kind of money like that on streaming. <laughs> you know? I mean, wow. They could. No, they couldn't. Because the streaming services themselves eat, you know, whatever, and they get pen, you know, they get more than pennies, but they get residuals back. But they usually make their money from both. <laughs> now you're only getting it from one, and you know. Word. Okay, I yeah, see your oh, man. man. All right. Yeah. Um. So that's all the quick news. That is it. Wow, Keep it quick. Really quick. That was really quick. Um, yeah, we didn't interrupt you as as much as okay. much. I have a question. Oh, uh, Ralph. Go ahead, Ralphie. Uh, Mike, you said uh, the show, etc., on the CW. What's that one about? Mm-hmm. Mm, I don't know. It just keeps going on and on and on. Yeah. It sounds like something <laughs> I would watch. Yeah. <laughs> and half our audience probably didn't get what you were trying to do there, Mike. <laughs> I almost didn't. That's okay. <laughs> Ralphie boy, do you have any quick news? Uh, nope. I do not. It's pretty quick, All right. huh? Um, Actually, I got some bombshell news right now Uh-oh. that Mike didn't mention, but I, I'm, it, it just came out three hours ago. According to according to protective gear with his bombshell. All right, I'm ready. According to multiple news sources, Ruby Rose will exit the CW's Batwoman at the end of season one. What? Yep. um, DC's looking to recast the role. Um, She was quoted as saying, "I made a very difficult decision to not return to Batwoman next season. This was not a decision I made lightly, and I have the utmost respect for the cast, crew, and everyone involved with the show." In both Los Angeles and Vancouver. End quote. Wow. Is, is it because yes. she's a horrible actress? Damn! I mean, Mike, Mike, you've, <laughs> I mean, seen, I mean, I mean, you've seen Batwoman, I mean, it could right? Be, well, it's hard to say whether she's a horrible actress or it's just horribly written. because, Or if there's a lot of blending over. It's, 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 I watch the show and I see its promise. Not like Gotham kind of promise. But there's just something <laughs> wrong with that show. you know. And she's not helping it let's just put it that way yeah so 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 we're, are we looking at this at this change of of the guard as a welcome change um yes i mean i i mean for if i have to choose between welcome and not welcome then i would say it's a welcome change um okay <laughs> but i also <laughs> hope they improve the script um because it's it just kind of hangs there and also if they're gonna do that they also just need to rethink the villain. Like this whole her and her sister thing, it's not working out. No. It's like, like I already complained when years down the road in superhero TV shows, what's one of my biggest complaints? Um, like Buffy did it right, which is you which have one? To keep changing. <laughs> you have to keep changing your villain every year. Like you have to defeat right. them in some kind of way. Otherwise, what happens? You end up working with your villain. And once you right. are the hero that works with your villain and you've always let them go afterwards, you're responsible, in my opinion, for every death that occurs after that by them. Afterwards, because yeah. Because it makes no sense, you know. And right. she's been working with her sister since almost the beginning of the damn series. And this is season one. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's, it's like, one of the like, series that... I, oh, it's, it's just one of the series I was excited for. And I just never got into it. And, and, and mind you, I love Batwoman. Um, the comic, she's, she's incredible. Well, well, Mike got me into the comic because of, of the art. Yeah. Oh, was that was that? Um, who was the artist for that one? Um, it's, uh, the one you always talking about. Like, is it JG Jones? I always forget this list. Is that the right? Is that the right name for him? JG. I want to say. I, I want to say it is JG Jones, but I always forget. Um, yeah, but anytime Mike and I go to Comic Con, Mike will. There's a couple of things Mike will always stop for, and a Wonder Woman, a Batwoman, um, like pinup or whatever. If done by a certain artist, he'll stop for it. So that's what got me into the comic book. So I was kind of hoping that you know, Geoff Johns, you talking about? Not Jeff Johns. Uh, he's he's a, he's uh, one of the, the 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 big writers of DC. Um, I can't think of the guy's name. It'll come to me. 
<laughs> Ralph's just throwing names out there. He's like, is it this name with this name? Is that it? <laughs> it's that guy. <laughs> et cetera, et Could cetera. Be. You love that show. Uh, but, <laughs> but, um, Stop watching. But bottom, but, yeah, but bottom line is, I just feel like like the whole Batwoman thing. Um, I'm just very surprised that she left. I really wanted to see if she would grow into the character. J.H. Williams. Uh, yeah, J.H. Williams the third is the artist uh, oh, well of done. the original Batwoman series. He's got a remarkable line drawing, but his it's his panels that just blow my mind. Uh, it's the way he incorporates uh, the panels together. Anyhow, sorry, as you're saying, there, no, 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 it's, it's all good. Um, just saying, I was kind of sad because I really wanted to see if she would grow into the character. I mean, we've—I remember hating Arrow season one until the end, and really? then, yeah, because well, I guess because it's like you know you fail this city and he's killing people, and I was like, ah. Eh. And then, but I think at the end of season one, going into season two, I really, you know, I mean, we can go back to the archives and you remember I—I I didn't give it a fantastic review. Right. I like season two better, but I was hoping that maybe that would happen with her that she would get. She, you know, they would write more, you know, write more things maybe she's more comfortable with or she'd become more comfortable with the dialogue, whatever. But now, too late, she's gone. So long, Ruby Rose. Yeah, I mean, definitely some of it is the writing because, you know, she was a little bit better in... Um, in the crossover. Um, um, crossover, yeah. Right, in the crossover. Crisis, uh, crisis. Crisis, yeah. In the crossover, because of the writing and, and the way they had her portraying the character, it was a little bit better. But, yeah, it's just something about her show. Like, she feels very stiff. She moves very and, 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 too. Yeah, and, and and both in both parts, it's not even just like it's the costume that's restricting. It's like as Batwoman, she's really stiff. As 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 Kathy Kane, she's really you know as Kane, she's really stiff. It's like, dude, I just I thought know. about it right now. Damn it, I wish I would. I didn't write the Geeks on the Go questions already. That should have been one of the questions. Who's more stiff, Ruby Rose or the guy who plays um um Iron Fist? <laughs> <laughs> Draw. <laughs> No, she's winning on that one. <laughs> wow, okay. I, I don't no, know about that, but okay. She's stiffer yeah, than a, she's... A, a wooden plank. Wow. I, I can see that you're ready to go, Ralph. <laughs> you know, He's I'm, evidently ready to go to Home Depot. Right? Know, I'm all about positivity, but I, I don't lie. I tell the truth, man. Yeah, you, you can tell the truth a little more sass, though. A wooden plank? That was like a little on the nose. More sass or less sass? I'm a little more sad, a little more pizzazz, bro. Would you like some Victor's ass then? Okay, enough of that. All right, let's go to let's go to the main part of the show. Yeah, you, you're killing me with your really, really, really bad. Um, you asked him for it. I know, I did, and I got it. <laughs> All right, so let's get into it. Um, now let's move on from the quick news into talking about not my childhood because that would be a lot of sadness and and whatever. But let's talk about but also being f- black and white. Wow! Really? <laughs> Yours is in hieroglyphics, bitch. Are you serious? <laughs> Where's my drum roll for that, Ralph? What the fuck? I- I'm sorry. Who are you again? Okay. Anyway, so let's get let's move on to it. Let's talk about the movie, simply named Scoob, and with the synopsis is the guy who's older than me by probably a couple of millennia, but we still love him. MFG, Mike, the finance guy. As always, we know I'm only 27 years old. All right. Anyway. Number flip. <laughs> anyway, Scoob is the latest computer animated feature length film in the Scooby Doo franchise that dates back more than five decades. Scooby Doo was created by Joe Ruby and Ken Spears for the original 1969 series, Scooby Doo, Where Are You? Scoob was directed by Tony Savone for Warner Brothers Animation Group. The film was originally planned to play in theaters on May 15th, but was released digitally as video on demand on the same date due to the COVID 19 pandemic. Scoob has a Rotten Tomatoes rating of 
54% with audience what? of 67% and okay. a Metacritic score of 43 out of 100 with audience of 61 out of 100. Okay. All righty. Interesting. The synopsis. Yeah. When the loneliest boy in America befriends the world's hungriest talking dog, you know a villain can't be too far away. Quickly joined by Fred, Daphne, and Velma, these preteen Ghostbusters start a lifelong mission to solve mysteries, catch the bad guys, and eat a lot of food. But when the evil Simon Cowell gets too sassy, Shaggy and Scooby-Doo feel it's time to leave their team. Luckily, an even eviler evil is after Scooby, bringing local <laughs> heroes Blue Falcon, Dynamut, and minority quoted D.D. Skies to the rescue. <laughs> it's dog meets dog when Scooby-Doo meets Dynamut in an encounter that managed to avoid mutual butt-sniffing. Hardcore <laughs> fans of Hanna-Barbera's Saturday morning cartoons will enjoy the bumpy ride through their early morning childhood memories as Mystery Inc. and the Falcon Force combine to stop Cer Cerberus, the three-headed dog of Hades, from destroying the Earth. All right, we're starring Frank Weller as Scooby. Um, excuse me, Frank Welker as Scooby Doo. Yes, Legend. Will Fort as uh, Shaggy Rogers. Uh, uh, Mark Wahlberg as uh, Blue Falcon. John Isaacs as Dick Dastardly. Gina Rodriguez as Velma Dinkley. Zach Efron as Fred Jones. Amanda Seyfried as Daphne Blake. Kiersey Clemens as Dee Dee Sykes. Ken Jang as Dynamut the Dog Wonder. Tracy Morgan as Captain Caveman. And Billy West as Muttley. Oh, here we go. All right. So let's get into it. Talking about Scoob. But before we talk about Scoob, let's press that spoiler button that we paid so much money for. We're still paying for it now. Warning. The following segment contains information that may ruin your enjoyment of the media in review. So if you believe this might upset you, piss off, you wanker. You know, there's a part of me that wonders if they played Scooby-Doo in England and if it was like a different name or whatever. But anyway, <laughs> that spoiler warning was brought to you by the snooty Steve Francis of Stush Productions. Captain Stushman. Stushy, stushy do. Where are you? <laughs> I thought Ralph was going to go with that one. No, I, I really did. So Damn it, I should have made him. I'm like a little bit psychic, so I knew Mike was going to do that because he loves that theme song. I do. Like so much. My daughter does too. So I was like. <laughs> Mike's going to do that. Let me do the Captain Caveman one. Well there done. Go. Okay. Good, good, good reading of the room. Good reading of the room. All right. So let's get into it. Scoob. Um, can't lie to you. Um, if you were ever to tell me, hey, Cap, when you guys get together and do a podcast on geek things, you will do a podcast about Scooby-Doo. I would probably tell you back in the day, we'll probably do a, a podcast on Vin Diesel first. <laughs> Which we did, but we're still doing Scooby-Doo. <laughs> I was about to say, we have, so here we go. We have, but, yeah, so here we go. Even though it's funny, of course, the, the ones we should have covered. Wow, I feel like a teacher in class. Motherfucker. Anyway, so <laughs> Scooby-Doo. So Scoob, um, we've, like Mike mentioned in the um, synopsis, this property has been remade multiple times yep. in multiple different in live action, computer, cartoon, whatever. Let me ask you this. What's different about this version and is it a good change? You're talking about like the, the visuals of it? Um, yeah, visual, visuals or, or whatever you found was different. Was there something uh, different about it and was it a good change? I mean, the computer, the computer um, generated animation definitely made them look different and feel different. Um, but it didn't take away, which I was surprised. I wasn't a big fan of them, oddly enough, as kids when they did the flashback. In the beginning. Really? Okay. I, yeah, I actually preferred the way they looked. Maybe it's just because it's their normal look, but the way they looked as adults, I thought the computer generation worked better. Right. Um, I, I mean, said maybe it's, again, just because it's just familiarity at that point. 
I hear you. I mean, it's funny because I know that a pup named Scooby-Doo, uh, it didn't bother me because a pup named Scooby-Doo deals with them being younger kids. Right. The whole series is about them being kids. So, right. uh, you know, that didn't bother I mean, I'll say this. I love the look as a as an art appreciator and, and cartoonist appreciator. It didn't take me too much out of the, uh, out of what Scooby Doo's supposed to be. Oh yeah, no, it didn't take me out of it at all. Um, like I said, I, I I just don't know why I liked them better as adults. I think because I liked the artwork in a pup named Scooby Doo, but they were also it was different. They it wasn't realistic. Cause remember they okay. were, they were more like flat headed, wide headed kind of. It was like kind of Archie you know, Comics kind of. Um, yeah, a little bit in that way. And I actually kind of like that look for that. But um, no, I did enjoy the artwork. I enjoyed the colors. I thought yes. it was a very consistent look throughout the entire movie. Like, you know, the, the colors were smooth and whether they were sharp or not didn't matter. It was just a very consistent um, and wise color palette, I think, that they used. And, I, and, I, and it really, to me, just brought I really would like to have seen that actually on big screen for that alone. Exactly. I kind of felt that way as well. Ralph, what do you think? I agree with everything Mike said. Really? Wow. That's even about your murder? Yes. <laughs> Especially about my murder. Oh, this will make it even easier than I thought, Cap. Wow. <laughs> Moving right along without being too awkward. <laughs> but I, I but I will say that I mean, um when you go into a lot of these movies that re, that um remake or redo any properties that we lived as a kid, obviously you come in with your own baggage, your own feelings about the property. And I really enjoyed just I mean, from a looks perspective, I enjoyed it. And and we'll get to it in a second. The voice acting was pretty good too. I mean, I, I I'm a big fan of Frank Welker, and if nobody knows Frank Welker, he is a cartoon legend. And that's with a capital L and a capital D at the end. So everything else is lowercase. But yeah, he's a he's a he is a legend. I mean, yeah, Frank he's got Welker's, a big L and a big D, evidently. Wow, yeah. <laughs> well, I guess you can't find this big D. It's a big L for you. So, <laughs> Thank you, Ralph. Finally, we're warming up here. So, But, um, yeah, Frank Walker, um, I, I'm always real particular about how Scooby is so sounds. And everybody usually sounds pretty okay. Frank Walker, is, I, I believe he's one of the original voices at some point of Scooby. I'm not sure if he's – he's not the first voice. No, I know he's, he's done it before. Voice. He, but he's done he it before. Fred Jones first. Okay, that okay, that's what it is. And if you know, if you know Frank Walker, if you're um, shout out to Joe the intern, he was the original voice of Megatron in Transformers. Ooh. Yeah, he yeah Frank Walker has a very very long list of cartoon um, accolades, and to to hear him do Scooby and do it right made me happy. Um, before we the, start getting yeah, oh, sorry, that, that, no, I said I did enjoy him. The Shaggy took me a while to warm up to, especially Young Shaggy. Because usually young Shaggy sounds like a younger version of adult Shaggy, but here he just they just made him sound like some random kid. Like so a kid, that, yeah. that took me a while. I think that's also what it was I didn't enjoy so much about the uh, the opening part. I, I'm not saying, again, I didn't like it. I just, out of the whole movie, I enjoyed that part less, and I think that was a little bit of it. It's just that I, it didn't feel like Shaggy and Scooby. It just felt like some, some kid? other kid and Scooby. <laughs> you know. how, do, how do we feel about um, how, they, how they explained... Um, Shaggy and Scooby's first meeting. Now, I watched the pup named Scooby-Doo, but I don't think they've ever covered that. Uh, they, they, it's been covered lots of times. There's always a different... There's, there's no there's no canon to how yeah. they've met. Yeah, there's no canon to it. It was fine enough. I mean, it was silly enough. There's, you know. there's, uh, there's uh, one but, where uh, the way they meet is that he's he's at the pound and, and Shaggy goes and picks him up from the pound and sees him. And he's like, oh, this is right. the dog that I want. You know? Right. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll this say this. They made it much more cartoony, you know. I, I kind of like, I, I'll be honest with you, this is a small thing, but I really enjoyed the fact that they incorporated the fact that he's named after the snacks. <laughs> right. Like, okay, the snacks came. Because I, as a kid, I was like, okay, so his name is Scooby and there's Scooby snacks. And they would like buy them. Like, where do you fucking buy them? Your, your dog is like being fucking promoted or, you know, like. Actually. Oh, fuck. Ralph explains it all. You're welcome. It's not one of his best transitions, but, you know, he's getting better at that. So, um, I don't know if you remember, uh, which was the Scooby-Doo one where they're, they're kids? The pup named Scooby-Doo? Okay. What we just talked about for 10 minutes straight? Are you sure? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> so there. Okay. So, in a pup named Scooby-Doo, if you remember the episode where they actually go into Scooby's doghouse, and it's like, mm-hmm. it's really big and whatnot. It's like the TARDIS, yeah. Right? So the reason he can afford such a luxurious doghouse is because, get this, he invented Scooby Snacks. Yeah. And if you weren't watching, and if you guys didn't notice that, that's Ralph rolling back in his chair like, oh, you see that shit? Mic drop. That's how he's, Scooby is one of the richest dogs. Oh, pardon me. I have to get up again. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm sorry, Mike. You just keep dropping, man, you know. We got to pick you up. Well, I don't want to talk. Oh, there we go. Keep now dropping. we know. Um, so yeah, yeah. He's he's one of the richest dogs in uh, ever. That's how he couldn't afford it because those Scooby snacks. It was his idea. It was one time he was making uh, food with Shaggy, and they're like, "If only there was a snack we could have all the time." Ooh, I have one. Boom. There you go, Scooby snack. Wow. Yeah. There you go. Thank, thank you, Ralph. Oh, don't thank me. Ralph explains it all. Oh, that explanation kept me at the edge of my seat, and I really should probably sit back in my seat a little bit better. Um, <laughs> if your seat's the toilet, maybe. I don't know. But, <laughs> but um, at the edge, you're using it wrong. Yeah, well, hey, people have different ways. I don't judge. I don't judge. I don't judge. But, yeah, I, I, I kind of like the, the little explanation. I was like, okay, you know, like, okay, he named it after a snack, and that's why, you know, you can find Scooby Snacks because he's named after it. It was cute. Um, I, I thought that was hilarious but, how the cop is like, What's his first name? Scooby. What's his middle name? Doobie. What's his last name? Do. Well, if a dog has a middle name, he's absolved from all crimes. <laughs> it's like, I don't make the rules. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, I, I, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> um, yeah, like, I, I mean, like I said, it was fun. Uh, but oddly enough, and I know it's a cartoon, but did anyone else get skeeved out when they, after they've met the whole adventure of like Scooby avoiding the law? And Scooby made slices out of the uh, out of the meat, the and I'm like, yeah. he's rolled all over town in this thing. Mm-hmm. I, it's the first thing I know. I'm like, oh my god, that's just disgusting. No, and he, and he just had it in the sand too. Right. That's the part that bothered me a little bit more. And then later on, when I watched it a second time, I was like, he he was just walking on that and. Walking oh. on it, he's been, he's been like Rolling, running it around yeah. by his transportation, you know. I was like, oh. yeah, it's a cartoon, <laughs> but it just really creeped me out for some odd reason. <laughs> you know what? My creeped out by dirty meat. That, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. That scene actually made me want to eat a gyro. Oh, oh I love it. Was really weird. I was like, <laughs> you mean a hero? Okay, you I mean a gyro? Gyro, yeah, a gyro. Hey, listen, all right, let's not... I, I, I can't pronounce it the way they do. All right, I just say gyro. Yeah. That's for all of our Greek fans out there. We know yeah, you're all, all three of them. But hey, they're there. Zeus, Aphrodite, <laughs> Athena. We, are, we know you love us. 
that, um, was, that me, was also a little like nod to what the story was going to lead to with uh because uh, you know the, the greek references with Cerberus and right. stuff so a little well, extra heat off. well was it, do do we feel like um because uh, as ralph said we start moving more into the story and they meet the rest of the gang during Halloween. And then you start getting to, you know, you start figuring out that they're they're together. Um, In that montage, let me ask you this. Was it too much nostalgia or just the right amount? Oh my God. What what montage are you talking about? There's a montage where after... The time jump from after they get the first bad guy. They're kids to adults, right. Oh no, the the back part, dude, when they actually redid in computer generated form the intro to the actual scooby-doo where are you i lost my shit <laughs> thank it you was fantastic. I the same way. that was absolutely fantastic to watch it like 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 i'm like this is everything right at this moment <laughs> i i went back and watched it like three times I'm yeah like, man. just just to get all the different you know scenes from from the beginning you know when yeah when you see that uh the android just the face i'm like yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or how about the um the the, uh, the 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 sea monster guy, the one that's in the yellow yes. suit? I mean, it, he just popped because it was so brightly yellow. It was just beautiful watching that. I'm like, oh my god! If the rest of the movie keeps up with this, it'll be fantastic. It does not. <laughs> <laughs> no, so but it was. I mean, we'll, we'll get to it in a bit. But I'll, I'll say this: I got emotional watching that. Not emotional like grand, but like like it's when, when you watch something that you really appreciate oh my yeah. god it felt so good to watch that oh yeah no that was felt, absolutely fantastic okay i was wondering because i thought it was just me just being nostalgic but i was just like oh my god this is everything right now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they really did a great job with that part they yeah really, really, so, and i mean like i said them meeting i i mean you know they i glad that they they didn't spend much time on their initial meeting i was hoping it wasn't going to turn into a 50 50 you know they they gave enough just to be like okay here we are you know, we get the idea of them, you know, walking into haunted houses as kids, and this is how it's all begun. And they solved the mystery right away, and boom, you know, like I really enjoyed that. Like they, they they did one, two, three. They didn't linger too much on anything. Speaking to the speaking about the rest of the Scooby Gang, do you feel like that they kind of, I mean, even though they try to flesh them out a little bit, do you feel like they kind of abandoned Fred, Daphne, and Velma? Story wise, they, defi- they were definitely much more pushed to the background than they normally are. Um, and I kind of didn't like that. You know, I mean, okay. I know that, like, you know, the bulk of, especially the movies, I mean, TV shows only like 20 something minutes you have. So usually trying, you know, it's always more Scoob and Shag, but you still get a good play of the other guys. But the movies always tend to be more Shag and Scoob because they're the comic relief. So therefore, they're all comedy. So this is your right. comedy. Um, yeah, I did feel like we got a little bit short cheated on, on the rest of the gang. All right. All right. What do you think, Ralph? I, I didn't really think too much about it. Like I, I kind of understood why they weren't in as as much as as uh, Shaggy and Scooby. Um, but I I would have wanted to see a little bit more. I thought it was uh, <laughs> it's it's great when you have like these more modern uh, takes on on classic um, uh, on classic shows because like the part where um, Dick Dastardly pops up as the hot cop and then mm-hmm. removes the mask. And then Fred is like, I just have so many conflicting emotions right now. And I'm like, <laughs> this is hilarious. No, that was, no that, that, was, that was actually a great scene on that one. I mean, we all knew where it was going even before, I think, you know, even before his voice changed. Yeah. But when he just did that, he just popped up like six. He's because he's six foot five. 
Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's on the police report. I'm like, that's a big ass guy. This guy. <laughs> <laughs> but but then the fact that Fred later on is still like, I mean, that was really a great <laughs> great rubber mask suit. There wasn't the guys. It's like <laughs> we we know that Fred will now have that like what are the what are those dolls called? Those those blow up dolls? No, not blow up, but the other ones. The the the, 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 ones. the, the, the lifelike ones. Yeah, I guess whatever they're called, the real girls, or whatever they're going to be. Love that. Um, I don't know. Gonna, call. He's going to have one of those. <laughs> Just made. Did, did anybody expect like Penelope Pitstop to pop out of nowhere? Well, well, I mean, I saw her little video game thing. She was in it though. I mean, I saw her her symbol, the the heart with the double P's on it, but it yeah. notice her. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Did you expect like her because you had like. Since well, they've just, been showing stuff all along. I mean, like, like at one point, I, the gang pla- passed Pebbles Pet Store, and Pebbles Pet Store is where they kept um, McGilla Gorilla. Yep. Like, I mean, you know, right. the, the Squidly Diddly was in Bubble Land. I mean, they they have so many references. Yes, you know, going on. And I definitely, I, I definitely dig the that. Entry, the end, uh, the end credits. Well, the end credits. Yeah, I mean, you oh know, yeah, they, they had a horribly done adamant. I don't understand why because yeah. it took me a, a moment to realize who it was. Even I'm like, that was a crappy looking adamant. But we have just jumped to something we didn't need to jump to yet. <laughs> Got a lot of movies. Well, let's, between. Well, 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 let me ask you this. I mean, considering all that stuff, um, because I asked one question, one part of the question, which was, do you feel like it was too much nostalgia? Or do you feel like, you know, it was just enough? Do you also feel like that because they modernized it, do you feel like the, um, the modernization was detrimental to the movie? Like, like did it, like... Make it because sometimes when you make movies modern, it takes away from from the essence of what that movie is or what that what those characters are. You know, did it really matter? Like the fact that um, Shaggy referred to um, Velma just as um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, <laughs> saying, um, "Well, which house are you in?" Making a, a Harry Potter reference. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, did that take away? Did it kind of add? Like, do you feel like they 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 didn't fuck with it too much by adding? modernized stuff i thought it was hilarious because then when she goes no i'm a, I'm a chief justice and he goes oh slytherin <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no yeah i thought no i mean that kind of stuff went fine I, I don't think the movie suffered from its easter eggs and fan service and 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 little nods it suffered more especially towards the last third from just not a really good script um, okay, but but the the first two thirds were fine. I mean, I, it it never suffered from what they were doing. I don't think that way, because a okay. lot of their stuff too. I mean, like you know, um, especially a lot of the nods they're doing with the Easter eggs. They were just kind of things that were around. Like you figure, besides Muttley, um, and well, Dick Dastley himself, but besides Muttley, Captain Caveman is really the only other in your face reference reference everything else is just somewhere like like one of the uh one of the video games had hong kong hong kong fooey on it you know i didn't notice that and and also the laugh olympics you know like it was things like that that were throughout the place and that's just like if you notice you notice if you don't you don't you know um so i don't think it got in the way of anything okay hong kong fooey number one super guy and 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 do do we not feel like this movie wasn't guilty of um trying to trying to throw too many adult jokes in there like i felt like it was properly like like all the jokes with exception of one or two were you know perfect for the age range um i didn't notice anything what did you think was inappropriate for the age range (laughs) f-bombs oh i mean yeah i I see i I had a rewind i was like wait did i just say throw some f-bombs pg I still liked it, but I, I was the like, thing is, oh, that, well, okay. because it's not like they use any bad words, so I don't find that to be bad. Because it's not like I mean, Scooby Doo is not only for like you know six to eight year olds. I mean, it's it's been a show that you know for like 
into the early, you know, the preteens or something like that. And then you can enjoy right. it if you want to as you get older. So I didn't notice that as being offensive, you know, like okay. I would have been, I would have bo- been bothered if like, uh, if Blue Falcon in turn had said like, you mean beep, that would have bothered <laughs> me. That would have been over the line for me. Okay. Um, but right. yeah, but you know, I didn't find that a problem though. I, I thought the jokes were appropriate, you know, at least in my knowledge for it. Uh, Ralph? No, I, yeah, I thought all the jokes were, were pretty much appropriate. And I, I just want to say, like, um, it took me, like, a, a, I want to say maybe three or four seconds to realize that it's Mark Wahlberg voicing Blue Falcon. Yeah, yeah I he know. didn't sound like himself, which I was like, I'm like, you learned to act? When? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was, when did this happen? I was, Another dude, enemy I just, of the I show. We can never have Spencer Mark Wahlberg on the show. On Net- I just watched Spencer Confidential on Netflix. I know his acting hasn't improved. <laughs> <laughs> I have proof. It's my Netflix subscription. <laughs> I, I was surprised at how well you know he played that Blue Falcon character. I'm like, good on you, mate. Like, it was really yeah. good. You know, yeah, yeah. How do we feel about Blue Falcon, by the way? Blue Falcon and Dynamite, which I didn't realize Dynamite was um, uh, Mr. Chang from um, from um, Community. Um, oh, Community. No, it's not Mr. Chang Community. It's in um, oh, well, the I'm Hangover. From Hangover Three, yeah. Oh, well, from Hangover, Hangover One and Two, yeah. From the Hangover yeah. series, yeah. And oh, and right. he played Dynamite. Yes, yeah, same guy though. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, same guy. Yeah. Um, I mean, how do we feel about the team, the t- Team Falcon, as we would call them, their inclusion? I I've always liked Blue Falcon just because I kept, I guess as a kid I always wanted him to be more, even though Dynamite mm-hmm. was like the the main star of that cartoon. Well, but, they, well, they flipped the script on it, and I'm not a fan of that. But you're about to say what, Ralph? Really? I'm sure, because, Ralph enjoyed this because <laughs> Dynamite in uh in in the series, Dynamite was more goofy, like, and he, he would always. Well, he be, was he he preceded Inspector Gadget, yeah, in with the, with his gadget problems, yeah, <laughs> you know. So he, this this Dynamite was more like you know like streamlined, like sort of like this is the Dynamite that was made by Tony Stark that works perfectly, you know. But which I I didn't actually mind. I thought it was kind of refreshing the fact that you have this is so they they right away say you know like this isn't your dad's blue falcon you know right this is the newer mm-hmm. blue falcon and this is why he's he's acting like a millennial douche for the first few parts of the movie. <laughs> right. Can you say that again, Ralph? A millennial, millennial douche. douche. Yeah. Right, but see, my thing is, even if you tell me yet, it doesn't always make it right. Like in other words, if you okay. tell me something's going to suck, it doesn't mean that it's good that it still sucked. And like the Blue Falcon, I I don't mind because Blue Falcon himself was always like he was the ultimate, or not just the ultimate, but he was a Batman parody of the '60s Batman parody, you know. Um, right. And I would have been fine with them poking fun at that, but this guy, because he he does nothing. I mean, to the point that like. He was to me the weak link in the movie because it wasn't even like a like for instance like at least Dynamut in the original Dynamut he mm-hmm. always tried to be a hero he just failed at it very often and then eventually you know through error just like Shaggy and Scooby through error they end up catching the crook anyhow um, right like think about it he literally did nothing the whole movie until the very very end he wasn't even it wasn't even like he's a goof trying to be a hero and in that I'm like well. He's not doing anything at all, um, so like I was like, well, now you've kind of kind of shitting on the character a bit. I mean, I, I get it, it wasn't it didn't feel like a growing process because he wasn't growing into being Blue Falcon. It was almost like 
it's it's kind of like the problem I said in Spider Man. Uh, um, what was the Spider Man animated one? Into into uh, oh fuck into the Spider Verse into the Spider Verse where it's like except this was even more so. It's like don't do anything, don't do anything. Hey, you can really do it. Okay, now I'm a hero. Uh, oh, I didn't realize that all I had to do was say one sentence and you would have been perfect <laughs> at your job now. <laughs> you know, like that bothered me in the way they wrote that character that way. The dynamo being I, smarter didn't bother me. I, I was actually not bothered by it because of the fact that, I mean, they, they did the one thing to make sure that, not cover their ass, but, you know, kind of say, okay, well, this is not your, your Blue Falcon because he's the son. And, you know, I mean, so they can get away with making him be douchey, be kind of useless because he's the second generation. If they would have made that the original Blue Falcon, I think I would have probably had a little bit more issues with it. But the fact that they said, okay, well, this is his, his son was kind of taking on the mantle and, you know, like everybody else was kind of guiding him along. You know, but, kind of, but, but that's my problem. Though. And yes, to agree with you, first of all, if that had been the original Blue Falcon, we would have lots of conversations that I would not be a fan of in this movie. Um, <laughs> but like I said, even them saying this is the excuses, it's, again, I know it's a cartoon. I know it's Scooby-Doo. I'm not trying to be super serious. I'm still just saying that, like, again, if this was the normal screw-up hero taking over dad's job thing, it would have made more sense. He did nothing. He was absolutely, of no, to the point that you're like, does he ever do it? Because they didn't seem like this is surprising to them. So he didn't pull out one weapon. He didn't pull out one suggestion, one defense. He just showed up. <laughs> you know, well, like, also he points at them in direction like, we're, we're going to do this. We're going to go this way. So he was trying. He was definitely trying to lead. He was just being, you know, a, a douche about it and, and malinformed. He wasn't, he wasn't informed in any of the situations. No, so he, did, I mean, like he didn't do anything. That, like you're saying like they're guiding him. It's like, no, they're just kind of saving the day and he just happens to be at the mission at the same time like okay. and that that kind of bothered me and um but that's also a thing that bothered me in the film in general if you notice all of the male leads were pretty stupid and it's a trope that's getting it's got it's been old for ages it's just getting really really old now like where like every guy is like a child that doesn't know anything at all because I mean, even fred fred is a competent person you know He's the one, in fact, remember, it's always Fred's traps. They may not go well, but it's always Fred's traps. He's the one that designs the traps. Always. Right. And here, they just made him like, I'm the tank. And it's like, <laughs> okay, I, I'm not exactly sure what this is supposed to exactly be telling us, but like, you've just become stupid suddenly. <laughs> you know, um, you didn't, before it was like, you know, when you saw him as a kid, he's this knight. You know, he's a knight shining armor. Sure, you're saying that you're, you're the typical guy that's trying to save the day. That's fine. But that, why did you become stupid when you grew up? <laughs> you know, and of course, you know, Shag has always got a sense of incompetence, but that's part of his characters. He's fine. And then you had Blue Falcon. Those are your three main characters, yeah. all in, male. In, and all the women were competent. And I'm like, I'm not, this is nothing against women, obviously. I mean, women are very smart, but it's like, you've, this is a trope that's just been around for so long. It's getting really old, in my opinion. And if you're saying that you're trying to represent two kids, especially girls, watching this and giving them an idea of what to do, well, then what are you watching? What are you telling the guys that are watching this? Yeah. That are little kids, too. They're just as impressionable as girls. That's true. At that age. I, so that, that's my problem with that. Have you seen um, the, the the 2010 um, Scooby-Doo Mystery, Inc.? No. I've seen some of it. seen some of it. In, in the, well, Cap, in, in that uh, series, Freddy is, like, really into traps. Like, like really, <laughs> really into traps. Like, every he's the trap something. king. Oh, God. He's like, oh, I can build a trap for that. But yeah, he's. I mean, it's funny because that is what he does. Yeah. He builds traps, but they don't portray him like some of the stuff that he does is like very elaborate with blueprints and stuff like that. So he doesn't seem mm -hmm. as stupid 
as they kind of made him seem here, where he was right. like a little bit like too vain. Well, not not really vain, but like he was so, vain in this so, one. Yeah, so he wasn't vain, which I was happy. That, I was happy they didn't do that with him. Yeah. I was well, happy I was he wasn't like this like macho guy, you know, like yeah. kind of. Thing. I was happy about that. I was happy about a couple of things. I was happy they didn't do the whole Fred Daphne thing. Yes. You know, because because it was hinted that. All right, when when you saw him draw the heart, right? Did you think yeah, that was yeah. Daphne? Well, that's what everyone was supposed to think that was for Daphne, you know. And then it's like, no, it's the car. It's like, yeah, I'm like. Then you stop. You're like, yeah, Fred really does love his car more than anybody else. <laughs> and that's like, been something they've been playing in the past couple of um, Scooby Doo series that right. he really loves the car. And also, like, I mean, it's one of those things of, like, sometimes, you know, like I said, when you look at something that's um, done now and look at the past, it's like, not that he's ever said that, you know, in any kind of way, but you're like, even if this was the look back to 1969, you'd be like, yeah, he probably still loved his car just that much. Oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I mean, he loved um, that car. It's the van. Um, it, let's get off the... the, the rocking. The let's get off the rocking. heroes for a second. Oh, oh God. Yeah. Let's get off the heroes for a second and go to the villains. Um, Dick Dastardly, which... You know, him without his iconic voice took me a second to get used to. Yeah. How did you guys feel? How did you guys feel about him? Uh, you know, him realized in this computer-generated world. You know, how did you feel about it? I just kept thinking about wacky races and 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 like all the shit that he would do in there. But it, like it, it brought me back to those times of watching those cartoons, and I I thought it was a very interesting portrayal of Dick Dastardly. Yeah, it was very different. I. I never, it's really weird. I never minded as in like, man, it took me a moment to adjust. I adjusted that this was Dick Dastic right away. Um, yes, I love the look of the other, the, of the original Dick Dastardly. Um, this look is much more villainous mm -hmm. and yeah. it makes him much more, he at least appears capable. And I appreciated that because I mean, Dick Dastardly was never this type of villain in the old cartoons either. So right. it, it's a very different, you know, his, his he's very Skeletor like. He's, yeah. he's like, you know, yeah. Yeah, I mean, in, in the cartoons, he's just trying to win a race or, you know, capture the secrets from that pigeon or, yeah. you know, like his, his was very basic stuff. <laughs> Here, he's like, like going on world domination. Stuff. So, yeah, I, I actually do appreciate that they that someone went, let's jack him up a bit, you know, and make him look a little bit more formidable. Um, I like that. I like that he was a little bit more confident. You know, um, I'm happy that they didn't do him Jim Carrey ish. <laughs> oh, I think true, that would I think that would have pulled not I mean nothing against Jim Carrey. I mean, like, you know, we enjoyed him, you know. We loved him um, in Sonic, yeah. Yeah, in Sonic and stuff like that. Um, I just think that would have been that would have not done well with this character, or at least the way they were trying to portray him. I thought this was better. Yeah. Okay. And I did actually like the fact that they touched on uh you know, him really loving Muttley yeah. as much as, yes, as, evil, as, I much love as that. evil dick is willing to Oh now there's your other adult now, how did you feel about that adult joke? Which which one? What's your yeah, name? I that one. Dick Dastardly. Rick Dastardly. No, not Rick. Dick. Dick. Rick Dastardly. That's Rick. No, no, I'm not a Rick. I'm a Dick. Dick. <laughs> dick. I'm a Dick. <laughs> and I'm just I cracking up and I'm like, that way. wow, they're really pushing this, but I'm like cracking up at this point. <laughs> you know? When that happened, I just pictured, because he goes, he goes, Dick. So, <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. I thought yeah. about Mike right away. So that just reminded me of, of our episode where we were talking about, um, some Batman. Batman thing. in the Batcave, yeah. yeah. With, with um yeah, and with Dick like, Grayson, yeah. Dick is hurt. Dick so it just brought me back to there. <laughs> yeah. But like, I, I did like that. I'm like I'm like it's cause the thing is it's only what we make of the word, but I thought that was actually really funny. He's like, I'm not a Rick, I'm a dick. I'm a dick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, right. Yes, Rick yes Rick you are. Refreshing. <laughs> <laughs> um it it was it, I mean, I, I it, like I said, I, I 
every time I think about Dick Dastardly, I just the first word comes to my head is Motley, and I can't even do the voice because his voice is just so oh, unique. Yeah. And I'm wondering who did his original voice, but like, yeah, well that's oh, Motley. That Motley, yeah, yeah. But um, I mean, it's funny because Mike, you said something interesting. You said two thirds of the movie you enjoyed, and the last third you didn't like. Right. You are correct. Wow. I did say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, I mean, right now, I mean, basically, if they watch the movie, it's, you know, we, we know that Scoob joins, you know, um, Blue Falcon and the team because they found out that, that Scooby's related to one of the last ancestors. He's one of the last ancestors of, um, what's the name of the dog? After, I don't know the dog they called yeah. it. No, yeah. it was something with the P. I forget the name they called no, no, it. No, it was with a B. Was it? It was huh. with a B, yeah. Well, in, in any event, I mean, so... Two thirds of the movie, you know, it's it's the whole wild goose chase trying to find out why they're chasing Scoob, and you know, and and you know, the Scoob and, and Shaggy joined the Blue Falcon crew, but of course, dissension in the ranks because Shaggy and Scooby, you know, are not you know feeling the same way about it because Scooby's getting love, or, not you know, props. Yeah, uh, you were right. Sorry, Pet, Peritus, Peritas. Yeah, Peritas. I thought yeah. it was. Um, I know. I know my P's versus B's. Oh, you know what it is. Is <laughs> His, Unlike my daughter. His horse's name was Bucephalus. Right. Bucephalus ah. was the name of the horse. Right. Where, where was the part of the movie for you, Mike, that turned? And Ralph, I want you to listen carefully. I want you to tell me if the movie turned for you in the same way or did you just keep loving it all the way through? Where was the part of the movie like, hmm, because you said it's bad writing you, or you said not as good writing. I'm yeah, you, it, it turned for me once they left... Um, Captain Caveman, which wasn't their best scene to, to get with, but um, but that was fine enough. Um, it turned about then, basically by the time they got to the fruition of the villain's plan, like it just kind of like fell into this, eh, we have to make something threatening happen. And, you know, like, like in other words, Scooby-Doo, what makes Scooby-Doo work really well is that Scooby-Doo and the gang are solving mysteries in a tiny town. They're solving a bank robbery. They're solving a, a land scheme, you know, which obviously, you know, they're, they're looking at real estate deals that are going badly. So, you know, right away means that they would solve every Superman movie with no problem. They would recognize <laughs> him as Lex Luthor right away. But, um, but that's what they do. This, this whole saving the world, which is like how we rate the importance of someone as a character anymore. It's like it's not Scooby-Doo. It's, it's right up there with, like, I argue with, like, with, like, Marvel characters like Tigra and stuff like that. It's like, they're not supposed to be fighting to Galactus. It's like, just leave them to what they or do. Or Daredevil. Right. Yeah, exactly. Just leave them to what they do. And I just felt that because because the, the thing is, there was nothing ever threatening about what they were doing. I mean, Cerebus, um, Cerberus pops up. You know, people run around. I mean, you know, it's cartoon. That's fine. But it just runs around. There's never any plot to what this would do to the world or why this, that, Well, servants do, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then their resolution. Like, like, the fact that it popped up one, two, three. The resolution of how to put them in was supposed to yank at your chain and yank at your nerves. And then that itself gets resolved in less than 30 seconds after this heartfelt separation of Scoob and Shaggy. You're like, what? You guys just... How did you come up with this as, a, as an ending? It made no sense at all. Like, it would have been better, I think, if Dick Dashley was... I don't even know what... I don't know. I don't have a plan in mind. But, like, he should have just been doing something more minor. You know, I think... I, I just think that at that, that this point, they didn't have any good tension any longer. There was no good plot feeling anymore. It just felt mm-hmm. like, like, this is us wrapping up a movie. Go for it. That was me. Okay. All right. Ralph, do you agree or do you disagree? I disagree 100%. How did I know? Oh my goodness, I'm shocked. 
you, you don't look shocked, but you could be. I got some jumper cables. <laughs> no, no, thank you. But wow. so, so, so it didn't turn for you in that way, Ralph. No, I, I, I kind of expected it to to go that way, especially since it's like the Scooby Doo formula where you have like, you know, like the the quick resolution to to their ending, so so that like they don't really. If there's loose ends, they don't try to focus on them too closely. Right. But let me ask you this, though. Like, expecting a resolution like that is fine, but did the resolution work for you, though? Like, did the, the ending work for you, basically? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you knew that, you know, Shaggy was going to make it out of the, the underworld. Um, because, and, and like, it, it's a bond of friendship that you can't break. And, and when, when Simon Cowell says, you know, friendship won't save the day, you know, then you already knew. Well, that you was, knew right. Well, you, you knew foreshadowing. Right. Foreshadowing, right. yeah. <laughs> right. But I mean, but it's just like, I mean, they, they put like, oh, it takes, well, first of all, I love the fact they're like, it takes two people to close this door. Really? Well, then what happened to Alexander the Great or his dog? <laughs> you know, because evidently they were just fine, you know. So that, right. the question, but like for them to just be like, oh, yeah, there has to be a way out. Just say that you missed. Basically, they're like, just say that you miss him. Oh, I miss him. Okay, here comes. I'm like, well, I'll say this. I disagree with Mike. Is Picard suddenly put into a dummy as well? Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) I disagree with Mike on three-quarters of stuff he just said in that little space, you know, about um, the ending. Like, I I wasn't pulled out with it being a world-ending scheme because I feel like when you're doing a movie, even though the characters have have, have traditionally been... Um, small time crime kind of thing. I think you know sometimes you gotta up the ante for a movie. I was okay with it, you know. I was, I, but I was. I, I I agree with Mike where you got to the end, and it reminds me of um, the movie we were, we we did for one fifty three. If you haven't heard that podcast, check it out in the archives. Um, where we talked about the end, and you're like, okay, the movie's ending soon. How the fuck are they gonna wrap this up in a logical kind of? Oh, they just fucking <laughs> they just fucking bip bip bip. That was it. Just say you miss him. Oh, he's back, and that's it. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I, I de- definitely agree that was it was less flailing. It was a, a flailing kind of an ending. Yeah, see, for me, like Scooby Doo, in this kind of realm works better. Just kind of like it did even in the live action movies, where the result is going to affect a town. That should be as large as Scooby Doo needs to go by that point, you know. Um, but, but, but but then for that you don't need you don't need Blue Falcon and and, and the rest of them. I think well, with you them got, you got with, Dick Dastardly going. But Blue Falcon's not an international hero either. I mean, he's, yeah, he's, but he's more he's superpowered than he's like Batman. Let, let's put it this way: Batman, where does he where is he? Gotham. I mean, sure, yeah, he but, goes other places, but what does he do? He surveils Gotham. Yeah. Guess what? Blue Falcon surveils their town. You know. Yeah, but I feel like with, 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 with once you add Blue Falcon and especially supercharged um, Iron Man Dynamite, <laughs> you could take on you could take on a little bit more than a bank robbery. Well, so well, I was okay with that, that Blue Falcon. <laughs> well, no with sense. that Dynamite, that's right. with, the, with, with that Blue Falcon, it makes no sense. With the ending Blue Falcon, the one who's a little bit more oh good, I'm a this superhero thing isn't that hard. I'm a real boy. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And D D Sykes with the I really do it all, and I get paid probably what. <laughs> okay. Have as much as the dog. <laughs> but was it, but doesn't it surprise you? Um, it's a it's a Hanna Barbera slash DC property. Warner so Brothers. aren't you surprised? Well, well, Warner Brothers, which is attached to DC, you know, I was trying to like, sorry, draw the breadcrumbs for everybody. Doesn't is it a surprise that the one minority character <laughs> is not really used very well? <laughs> surprise! She, she has she has less respect than the dog. Um, but the question is is she a brand new character to Hanna-Barbera I don't know 
You, I wonder if you know Mike. Is she a new character? I know lots of things. No, she's not. <laughs> um, but does she exist in the vein that she existed? No. Um, if you remember, it was Captain Ca uh, Caveman and the Teen Angels, which were three women. One of them was black. Oh, one of them was named my God. Dee Dee. The teenage. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. The black chick of the Teen Angels was named Dee Dee. And that's Dee Dee. Hold on. Let's go back for a second. Captain Caveman, Tracy Morgan. How'd you guys feel about that? Not a fan <laughs> in the least. <laughs> I, I, I mean, could tell Ralph loved it. Yeah, I mean, well, Ralph, of course, Ralph's gonna love it. I mean, it, I mean, humor-wise, it was fine enough. It, it just he just became Captain Ghetto Man, and I'm like, come on, guys. I'm like, that's dope. <laughs> you know, I'm like, come on. Wait, wait, hold on, Mike. As much as you hate Captain Caveman, when did I hate Captain Caveman? Was it and Son that you hated? <laughs> and Son. <laughs> Captain Cape. Oh, his kid was ridiculous. Yeah. But no, Captain Caveman was a lot of fun. Yeah. So I I'm not gonna say that I loved it. I just thought it was hilarious hearing Tracy Morgan's voice coming out of a Captain Caveman body. It was just because like if if you remember the original Captain Caveman cartoons, like he wasn't very like very vocal. Like, articulate. Yeah, not, well, not at all. Well, he was vocal, but he was he wasn't articulate. Yeah, bunga, bunga, and then he would say whatever he had to say. Just to hear Tracy Morgan's voice come out, I was like, oh, I'm speaking to you slowly because I don't <laughs> think you understand my language. No, we understand you. Oh, okay, cool. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, you it was also, I was also disappointed yeah. that when he became Captain Caveman that he didn't get his cape. I'm like, yeah, yeah. That, uh, you're not yeah, Captain okay. Caveman without the cape. <laughs> you know? was, you're, just a, you're just a guy with a big club. <laughs> I know? was expecting him to, to, to like, you know transform and i'm like oh yeah i got i, I, I mean, that, we got, we yeah, got the club but yeah no i was i was disappointed yeah. with the, the lack of transportation you know transformation but you, yeah the you club only helped. see you only see the cape at at the end uh the end credits where they're showing right the new falcon force members and he's wearing right. the cape there yeah yeah no i mean but i mean of course then now this is just one of those plot things i'm like so in your movie what's how do they realize that fred's not fred when they're in that little uh, island where captain caveman is they they right. ask like well how did the mystery machine get to this place that's only accessible by a jet yeah <laughs> right yeah that makes sense right. I mean it's, it's completely logical right Cerberus's third head is there which was put there by Alexander the Great not known for having a jet <laughs> <laughs> didn't even think about it yeah it was, it was like, like having a good time I mean, great point that they you know that's a logical thing the way you've proved it wasn't Fred I'm like how did the skull get there wow <laughs> He fucking better snuck be worth that it. in there. Yeah, right? Let's go. You're on the clock. Very simple answer. Magic! Really? Ralph explains it all. You're welcome. That, that was wasn't an explanation. That just added more questions. <laughs> it was, it, But Mike, Mike, it was concise. We always can't there have it all with Ralph. I can bring him back if you want to keep asking him questions. No, 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 no. no, no. Sure? We're okay. We're okay. He's, We're good. I'm, Ralph, you want, he, they want to ask questions. Oh, my God. <laughs> He, he said it's okay. But, he said it's okay. Um, so we, we kind of said that, that we didn't like the way the movie ended. Uh, or at least the ending of the enemy and getting, you know, bringing Shaggy back and how that all happened. Um, but the movie as a whole, did it feel like a feel-good movie? I feel like it did for me. Like, I sat there and I haven't enjoyed myself like that. In, in, in a little while watching a movie that was based on a cartoon that I watched when I was younger. I, I don't know about you guys. Ralph, Mike? 
I oh, I mean, yeah, yeah, it, it's definitely a feel good, uh, feel good movie, definitely. definitely yeah, I mean, definitely. it's yeah, I mean, I mean, it's well, I mean, the whole point of the movie is about like you know friendship, you know, da 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 da. I mean, granted, I've also never watched a, a Scooby Doo movie and felt like that was depressing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say one thing: if Shaggy would have ended up um, gone and they go to be continued, I would have been like, "This sucks." <laughs> <laughs> no, it just would have ended. Like, could you imagine if that movie had ended? Not just right there, like where you you expect them to go to find out, then they flash forward, like they're opening up the investigation thing, and while they're studying up the new thing, Scoob is just at a grave. Oh my god! <laughs> just <laughs> and they just the end. No. <laughs> You'd be like, oh my god! <laughs> what what if what if then Shaggy becomes the Funky Phantom? Oh, that would wow. be awesome. <laughs> Yeah. See, I was, going, friend, I was friend, going. I was going. of the funky phantom. <laughs> I was going more fucked up. I was going more with you. Fast forward to them opening up the mystery, you know, mystery um, ink, you know, place, and Shaggy's there out of nowhere. Hey, Shaggy, how'd you get here? Well, and they cut it off and they roll credits. That, <laughs> <laughs> and that's the kind of director I would be. I'm that fucked up. <laughs> or, or and then, of course, the the ultimate cop out. This guy shows up. Shaggy? No, I'm his twin brother, Raggy. <laughs> <laughs> and then Scooby magically can say Shaggy then. <laughs> He'll be like, Baggy? Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wait, you're his, his twin brother, Faggy? What? <laughs> oh my God. And now the LGBTQ community is not fucking funding us at all. Oh, that's How about this twist? You can go really dark with it, where like... Uh, because they've established there's like supernatural energy, so apparently magic exists. Uh, Velma discovers spell books. She becomes like this like crazy like warlock witch type of person and brings Shaggy back to the to life. But he's like not all the way there. So he just starts infecting and killing people. Yeah, Br- bringing upon the Scooby Doo and the zombie apocalypse. There you go. Oh my god, you're on the same <laughs> well, they, wavelength. They, they... Yeah, Scooby pandemic, and then that would have got everybody depressed. <laughs> my name is Rick Grimes, and I'm here oh with my, my dog. Rick. <laughs> oh my God! Where's Tom? Tom? Tom loves that. <laughs> All right, guys. Is there anything else we want to add before we go to renaming and ratings? I just have a question, Mike. What was the name of the robot with the uh, the H on his chest? Frankenstein Jr. Ah, uh, okay. That's not an H. It's an F. It's an F. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, it's just it's an F that almost looks like Blue Falcon's F, but that show was like a decade before Blue Falcon came out. I knew it was, was it? familiar. Yeah, yeah, the, the, that's from like the time of like um, Frankenstein Junior's from the same time of like the Impossibles, mm-hmm. um, which which were oh, also the like they were also like on a pinball game or something like that. The Impossibles were like, they? Yo, you? Like how many times did you see that movie? <laughs> no, just the ones that just had, they catch my eye. I was like, what the? I love the Impossibles. Oh my god, you just like, brought me back. They that's right. They don't call them that for nothing. I, we don't call them that, so I guess we have to call them that now. They only show me that, call me that when I'm just sitting on that tree branch looking at your window. <laughs> Very creepy. Guess we have to change Mike's name from MSG at some point. Um, so, all right, let's go for renaming the film. Ralph, should I let you go first, or do I'm going to do our usual routine of me going first to give you some time? You know what? I can go first. Okay, cool. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, Scoob, a walk down my childhood. In HD. That, that 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 that's it. That's all. That's your school. That's your tagline. A walk down my childhood in HD, high definition. Thank God. Why, Thank why, God why, why do I gotta say it over again? 
Huh? All right, fine. Huh? All right, fine, 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 fine. All right. I'm going to rename the film. Are you ready? No Scrappy. Mike. <laughs> no Scrappy. <laughs> Thank God. No Scrappy do. Oh, my God. Oh fucking hate it. No, but no, but no Scrappy makes scrappy more, more fucking sense. Because they would have added Scrappy to that movie. Roll the credits. That oh. shit would have been garbage. You couldn't have yeah. had Scrappy too, because then he would also be a descendant of Alexander the Great's dog. That's true too. Well done. Which would also bring about the wait. You're his uncle, therefore he's got a brother, which we do know he does. <laughs> you know. Right. But anyhow, um, I don't go for anything too clever. I just go Scoob. There you are. Instead of where are you? <laughs> <laughs> there you are. <laughs> There you I are. By the way, P.S. There's a couple songs on that soundtrack that, that were pretty good. I really, I kind of enjoyed the soundtrack as well. It was so all right. Maybe that's just, it was, I enjoyed it. Um, all right. Ratings for um, Scoob. I guess I'll go first because Ralph went first last time and I'm a gentleman. It's only so right. Well, I can do this. Yeah. It's only right. Yeah. So I'm going to give it eight and a half on the week. Out of ten, that's my line. Every time that commercial came on, and she, when Daphne would try to throw the Scooby snack, and he kept eating them, he go, "I'm the weak." <laughs> I love that line. So I give it eight and a half. I'm so weak out of ten, Ralph. I give it nine. Rip rapery out of ten. <laughs> okay, okay. No, I'm a dick. <laughs> no, I'm a dick. All right, I give it. Pushing in its limit, but I give it an eight. I love Rotten Randy out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> and that's from, old, that's from the old show. Rotten Randy. Right. Rotten Randy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So there you have it. Scoob. No why. Why? I don't know. I didn't write it. So <laughs> great show. Definitely go see it. Okay, great movie. Go see it. But guys, don't go anywhere. Geeks on the go. It's next. I promise. <laughs> Geeks on the go. No more rip. No more what? Rip. Is that even a word, Mike? Rip. You should have you should have just gone with now with more Scooby Snacks. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I thought it'd be funny if I said now with more rip. No, Mike, yeah. oh, Mike, 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 Mike. Ralph always finds the word that's the most the the, the, the least understandable word he can ever pronounce. He's like, <laughs> what, what what word sounds incomprehensible? Let's go with that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's dick. <laughs> Dirk. Sorry. Um, so you know the segment. I give quick questions. They give quick answers on all things geek. We've made it under a minute twice. I'm aiming for three times, but we're probably gonna get a, a freaking quarant- a quarantine, a fucking vaccine before we get to three times. I'd expect so. Possible. I, right. <laughs> it's possible. We'll see. Look at Ralph. Ralph trying to be nice after I dogged him the last podcast. Like you don't were collaborating over nothing. What? That happened? Ready, set, go. Whoops. Damn! (laughs) Here you go. Ah, we have high quality professionals. Okay, stop, stop, stop. Do it again. Ready, set, go. I'm not losing seconds. Which Marvel villain should be the next main villain across multiple movies? Doctor Doom, Ultron, or Galactus? Mike. White Doom. Black Doom is strictly NC-17. That's right. (laughs) Ralph. Galactus could be fun. He would be if he's not a cloud. Which movie is better to watch during quarantine? Justice League or the 20th, 2005 version of Fantastic Four? Ralph. Barbarella. That would work too. Was that an Mike. Mike. Uh, Fantastic Four with Justice League burning in the fireplace. Nice. <laughs> 
in current comments, which character um, feels like he's been, he or she's been underutilized? Mike. Well, it certainly isn't Wolverine. I would say Storm. She had her shot back in the late 80s. Now she's just Black Panther's ex. Wow. Ralph? Uh, all of them, since there's no stories going on right now due to quarantine. Well done. And which is the most iconic comic book logo that has transcended time? Time is up. I'll say it again because so my close. I got interrupted. So which is the most iconic comic book logo that has transcended time? Ralph. Uh... I need more definition on that question. Do you mean like a character's logo or do you mean like... Um, yeah, basically, you know, a character's logo or logo that's been used in comic books that th from the 30s or the 40s or from whenever it was created to now, it's held up to be a really good looking logo. And this is what happens when you, when I you would, go beyond a minute. You can explain your questions. I good. would say Batman, but his logo has like changed over time. Yeah. It hasn't been the same. And You're right. So you could say Superman because the S has stayed the same. The only way that it's changed is just slight variations on, on the size and stuff. But actually, I would go with the Flash. The Flash? The Flash is like Okay. Because it's, it's, okay. it's always been the simple lightning bolt through the chest with the circle. Unless there's somebody dumb than you mistaken it for Captain Marvel's Shazam. Yeah. Just saying. Okay. <laughs> I, yeah. I'll wait for Mike to respond because I know Mike is upset with that. <laughs> I, yeah, I'll go with the Flash. I've always liked okay. that logo. Okay, Mike? Um, I mean, for me, transcending time doesn't matter if it's modified itself, so I'm still going with Superman's S. I hear, in fact, they're going to put it on front of the Bible to get people to read it. <laughs> <laughs> That'll fail because nobody reads Superman. <laughs> I certainly don't. I, it's, uh, it's my least favorite book to read. Actually, that's not a lie. There's a lot more that are my least. But it's up there. <laughs> What's top five? What are you talking about? Didn't you read Damien's saga, his whole storyline that they did for him? Damien Wayne, just for Mike? No. You didn't read that one? I, I wouldn't. I, I would, he, he, I, I he would dodge it like the plague. I, I would bleach it, soften it up, and use it as toilet paper. Wow. <laughs> I would bleach it, soften it. Wow, that's just a whole lot of a fucking effort. Like quarantine, you could do that. All right, yeah. shout outs. Any shout outs, gentlemen? Oh, I'm almost shout outless. Nothing not new. Just people, do what you need to do. Stay in, stay healthy. Go out if you need to, but you know, be safe. Um, cause we want this to end. I really, really, really want to go back to the gym. I know it's selfish, but I do, <laughs> but also just be safe. And I want to see my friends. I want hugs. Yeah. Even from the smaller people who don't take showers. Speaking of which, Ralph, any shout outs? Uh, I will have, you know, that I have been showering regularly as of yesterday. Nice. Understand. Uh, uh, let me let me say this to the to the to, to the listening audience. Ralph actually does shower. I'm only busting his chops. <laughs> this is only a dramatization. Cause I want nobody ever to come up to the comic con and give me pound, Mike pound. Like, oh, Ralph gets the peace sign because I don't want to get near him because in the shower. Ralph takes showers. He's actually a very clean guy. Yeah. Go ahead, Ralph. I'm and sorry. That was also a joke from my part. Um, <laughs> I would like to shout out all the people who know who they are. I don't need to say your names. The who know who they are? Yeah, they the know who they crumbs? are. Why dust are you crumbs. afraid to name names? You snitch. Yes, yes. I'm very scared. <laughs> I'm going to with a B names. word, but okay. If if I listen, last time I named the name, it didn't turn out well <coughs> for them. For me, it turned out pretty good, but it didn't turn out well for them. So I just don't want to put anybody in a bad position. You know I what I'm talking about, Mike? Oh yeah. Wow. And Cap. Yeah, I guess. All right. He just named All the names. Right. Yeah. Wow. Well. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, I'll go, I'll go along with the whole Ralph thing. I'll say, you know, shout out to everybody who's been listening, still listening, you know, just tuning in for the first time. Glad you're still, you know, with us. Or if you're just coming on for the first time, please stay stay along with us. I'm pretty sure you'll enjoy the ride. The one shout I do have is for Tinkerbell. I've shouted her out, I think, either the last podcast or the podcast before. But Tinkerbell's a new listener, so she enjoys the podcast. Woo! Oh, and Mike. And Mike, oh, please, it's funny that you woo because um, Tinkerbell has said, and I quote, I love Mike's horror quotes. So she's going to be so disappointed when you, start, when you start going to another one next week. <laughs> Not next week. I've got several more to go. And at least she shows me that she's got good taste. She's got class. Oh, no, Tinkerbell. Oh, no, my class. And I, and, I, and, I, and I actually heard from you saying that. I could hear the undertones that she was also actually saying that I am the best part of this podcast. So I would like to thank her for that as well. Wow. I didn't realize at the end of the show, Michael would remove his ribs so he could suck his own dick. Didn't think that was a thing. Guess we're adding that as part of the show now. I didn't need to remove my ribs. I'm just very flexible. <laughs> that's, what, that's, that's the sound of the ribs popping out. What were you going to say, Ralph? Did she say anything about my thoughtless thoughts? Well, she said the same thing about your thoughts. Nothing. <laughs> Wow. Sounds about right. Holy. Holy Sounds God. about right. And I guess I guess that's the end of the show. I mean, you know, but I guess. Yeah, right? Nothing else? Yes, thank you all for listening in to the MFG show. In his dream. So for MFG, Mike the Mike the Ego guy, which that would be M-E-G. <laughs> and R2 Square off the tech. This is the cap saying, keep it geeky and dust crumbs. What the fuck are they? Shh.